This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to another edition of Midweek Mentions. I'm your host at Waffle House on Twitter. We've got Ant in Brooklyn in the house, and we've also got our foreign correspondent up north, Mr. Schweitz. Schweitz, uh, you just said something off air uh, to me, and I made you shut up immediately because I did not want you to uh, to tell me when we weren't recording yet. I just read a joke tweet about uh, – well, I'll just read this – Ted Nugent denying that COVID exists and simultaneously catching it is a phenomenon called Schrodinger's cat scratch fever. And that made me laugh. And then Schweitz chimes in with, I've had cat scratch fever. And that uh, made me pause (laughs) and clear the entire conversation. Tell us about that, Schweitz. So I was uh, four or five. And... I don't remember much about it. I caught cat scratch fever. I've actually looked it up recently because I saw the same tweet as well. And just like, do you actually get it from cat scratches? Like, right. where would I have gotten this from? Or is this something else that just has this as its name? But anyway, no, you get it from actual cat scratches. And when they uh, get infected, you get scratched by something and they have a uh, bacteria on them. And yeah, I was uh, four or five. I My mom took me to the Akron Children's Hospital, which is a pretty good children's hospital. Okay. Uh, because of space issues, I was put in the cancer ward. And this is what I remember about it because I was with a whole bunch of bald children. Now I was so young that I didn't understand any of this. Right. Um, This is not funny in any way. I'm (laughs) like, I I feel okay. God, you, you telling me this story, like I have a smile on my face and I feel simultaneously like dog shit for smiling during this story. Oh, but Ant okay. is I... also laughing and Ant, I feel like if Ant is laughing, I won't put your business out there too much, Ant, but if no, Ant is laughing, so Ant, uh, Ant is a cancer battler. How do you describe yourself, Ant? Yeah, I'm currently battling, you know, through cancer. We thought we got it and then it came back. So I'm, uh. I don't know what the opposite of survivor is because I'm still here, but um, <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely you, know. <laughs> you are. Yes, you are. You're you're a fighter um, completely. But that's what I meant by if Ant is laughing at this story too, yeah. then I, f- I feel like I have slight permission. Sorry, Ant. Uh, Schweitz, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Schweitz. So were you were you yeah, fearful so, you were going to turn bald from catch grass fever? No, no, no. I didn't even understand. Like I, my memories are so I put it in uh, a room with some some other bald children. This is 1989, so. Uh, I can't tell you what the, you know, state of chemotherapy or any of the treatments or anything like that were. Um, but I, what I do remember, so they would have to actually hook me down into the bed and they had bars on the bed that went up a, a few feet to right. stop me from climbing out of bed when I, at one point I pulled out all my IVs and jumped out of bed when I was finally feeling better to look for my mom. But anyway, one night I actually went back in the bed behind me and sat with, uh, 
another child who was around my age. And we watched, I think, Superman 3, whatever one with Richard Pryor. And, like, that is my memory of having cat scratch fever is, one, escaping from bed, but, two, like, having a movie night with this random bald person that I had no understanding of what was going on with them. Um, and uh, Okay, and that that ended adorably. Transition. Um, yeah. Transition. <laughs> And that that uh, absolutely ended adorably. Okay, well, thank you for telling me that story. I'm sorry I made you shut up earlier. Um, so, I wanted to, I wanted to hear it. So I am a cat scratch fever survival. You don't meet a lot of them. No, you don't. I I did not know. I thought that was kind of like a colloquial term for something else. And maybe can you get this bacteria? Does it live on anything else, or specifically the claws of cats? I don't know. We should, okay. We should All right. Well, we will get Ron. We should contact Ron McGill. This that's a, a that's a very very Ron good idea. Question. Very good idea. Well, before we get too far into the weeds, uh, off the top, we want to congratulate the Dan Lebetard show, of course, for signing this very lucrative deal for three years with DraftKings. They're going to be the new presenter of the Lebetard show. But even more importantly, uh, we want to congratulate Yeti Blanc for becoming a producer on the Greg Cody show with Greg Cody. I am super excited to hear him on that show and uh, and just, I mean, you know, just, just put his, his touch on it, I guess. Uh, I, I could not think, having gotten to know Yeti a little bit over this past year, out of all of the fans that I've met, I feel like his sense of humor and disposition is so right up Greg Cody's alley. <laughs> it's uh, He's like a younger yeah. version of Greg a little bit, and I mean that in the best way possible. Uh, for sure. So congratulations to Yeti, and less importantly, congratulations to the show for signing their DraftKings deal. Now all I have to do is learn how to gamble. Uh, I don't know how to bet. I don't even know. I don't even – I don't have an account online anywhere. I have been inside a casino one time. I know we've talked about cards on here before, uh, but do you guys place bets like as far – you guys gamble on, on sports games at all? Sports games. Listen to me. I sound like I've never. I sound like a friggin' alien that is like trying to trying to uh, uh, appear human right now. So what I would say is, first, it's not legal in the state I currently live in. Okay. So the okay. idea of having a DraftKings account and placing any sort of semi-regular bets is just not something that uh, that I can partake in. And okay. I mean, the legalities of using someone else's address just seem wrought with <laughs> with problems. That that, that seems like just lose. Like that seems like something win. that uh that gets the IRS knocking at your door. Yeah, like so. But definitely, if I'm in Vegas or I'm in Atlantic City or I'm somewhere where bets can be placed, I certainly will place a couple bets here and there. Um, I, I don't necessarily wouldn't call it any sort of an addiction. It's you know, it's it's part and parcel to, or you know, I might might place a bet with a friend or a couple of friends, but. Okay, I feel like the uh I feel like you getting ahead of the word addiction is like a red flag there, Ant. Nobody brought up addiction. Nobody said anything about a gambling problem, and that's the first place you went to. That's the first like ah, you know, I might partake a little bit if I'm well, around I, it, if I'm in the same room with it. It's not a problem though. Well, I, I, I do I do think generally I have somewhat of an addictive personality. Okay. Um and maybe out of 
out of intelligence or out of fear. <laughs> I don't know which way you want to go with that. I tend to try to avoid stuff that I know could become problematic. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that you could lose your shirt from placing some ten dollar bets, but I've seen people who have over time. <laughs> um, so you know, or you know, I'll also. You know, similarly in that nature, I'll go to things like I, I enjoy going to the racetrack and watching horses and different things. But again, I think if it was something I did do on a regular basis, it probably could become a problem quicker than not. And I mean, while things like DraftKings are great, the ability to just say, yeah, take a hundred bucks out of my account and just do this, whatever. And, you know, it's, it's gone before you think about it. Um, I think could be problematic for, for certain people. And like I said, I think I do have some level of an addictive personality where I think. I'm probably better off that I don't have that ability at the right. touch of my fingers, but you know, the the state of New York is uh, is looking out for you right there, huh? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the easier it is to gamble in this day and age, the more I feel like folks that never you know have never had any kind of uh, addictive experience before or that uh, that that rush that thrill. Uh, the easier it is, you know, you're basically walking around with a bookie in your pocket, right? Yes. Like that's, it used to be that you used to have to know a guy or you had to go to the casino to place the bet in person. You had to, you know, write it down. You had to talk to somebody, but now the bookie is literally on your cell phone that you have at all times. Yeah. So that's incredibly, incredibly dangerous. And like you said, I think there's some folks, uh, some Lauer Rangers, I will not call anybody out by name, that uh, if they did not have maybe a better half in their life, you know, like a, a good partner grabbing them by the shirt collar and yanking them back from uh, placing bets constantly, they might, they might be out on their ass by now. So yeah, uh, yeah you know, got some, got some good uh, wives and, and husbands looking out for folks. But anyway, uh, let's not be a bummer about gambling addictions. Uh, Schweitz, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say there are many members of the Lowers after hours team who have been supporting the DraftKings. uh, as sponsors, yes, you know, that's true. Way before they were sponsors of the show, so they they certainly have uh, gotten their money's worth with uh, DraftKings, and uh, you know, good for yeah. those. Members. Yeah, they've been uh, they were uh, uh, hipsters about DraftKings, right? They were way ahead of the curve as far as supporting the hell out of DraftKings before the show signed with them. So yeah, DraftKings, if you're listening at all, we would love your support as well. If you want to become a presenting sponsor, we will not say no. I will learn how to gamble just for DraftKings. I don't care if it's legal in my state or not. I will use somebody else's address. I'll use <laughs> Schweitz. Can I use your address in Canada or no? I just actually looked up. Yeah, DraftKings does operate here. Oh, hell yeah. All right, I'm going to use Schweitz's address. Okay, Schweitz, topics this week. What do you got for us? I was just going to say we have a new member of the shipping container, and I just wanted to get everyone's feelings on our new female member. Yeah, Jessica. Um, okay, off the top of your head, how do you pronounce her name? Jessica. Shit. You know what I meant. The last name. I, I can't say her last name. Yet. Sour cream. It's sour yeah, cream. Sour right? cream. Yeah, That's I the only thing I like time. I know I know in my head I hear it, but then the moment I go to say it, it's just sour cream is the only thing that, that comes out. Uh that that is a weird ass sentence I just said. When I open my mouth, sour cream is the only thing that comes out. <laughs> that is gross as hell. <laughs> All right. Aunt, do you know how to say her last name? I think it's Spitana. 
Ooh, you added a little, a little uh, accent. European a little... F- flourish to that. But I will say, just speaking of her name, I was sort of annoyed at Whittingham. And I normally like him, but the whole, like, here's how you should pronounce your name kind of thing, sort of. Yeah. I know he was sort of digging at her and, and sort of purposely sort of doing it, but I was sort of like, no, like, she can pronounce the name if she wants to call it, <laughs> if she wants to call herself sour cream, she can do that. It's yeah, right. absolutely, like, you know. absolutely. So there is a uh, marine base here in North Carolina, and it is known everywhere as, so I'll, I'll spell it real quick, it's L-E-J-E-U. N E. How would you how would you pronounce that? L E J E U N E. I would say Lejeune. Lejeune. That's how everybody says it across the state, right? Yeah. Except the family and the guy that it's actually named after pronounces it Lejeune. It's Camp Lejeune. I don't know what le- I think it's French. Oh uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Rest, sounds- rest in peace, Lejeune. Coach Lejeune's. Coach Lager, that was a terrible joke, Schweitz. I can't believe you interrupted me to get that in. That was awful. Okay, <laughs> so uh, Lejeune is the way everybody says it, but the family says it Lejeune. So it's kind of one of those things where, like, eventually the the what am I trying to say? The the velocity of everybody just pronouncing it one way, like it's it's kind of like a a, a public opinion thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter how you say it; it's how everybody else pronounces. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Is it after a certain point, I think. Yeah. So, Jessica, what's y'all's opinions on her? I I enjoy her. Uh it's it's a it's nice to have somebody uh new in the shipping container. It obviously creates uh some funny tensions, be they real or fake. Um you know, obviously there's going to be some time of adjustment as far as fitting her in, learning about her, uh, developing her as a character a bit. But so far, so good. Um, it's nice to have a female voice in there ever since Allison left. Hopefully she gets, uh, you know, she has a similar relationship to Billy because we all enjoy that so much. <laughs> I hope she uh, I hope she did the Mina thing today and sized up everybody in the shipping container as far as who she can go after. That would be fantastic if she did that with Billy. As far as developing her as a character, uh, Ant, you just brought up Whittingham a little bit and the pronunciation thing and how you're kind of annoyed with him. And I love his role that he has kind of taken on the past few months. I find it hilarious because it's a bit of a troll. He knows that people get annoyed with him. And then there's the small contingent. They're like, hell yeah, more Whittingham doing the, the Whittingham stuff. And there's that, there's that beef with Chris, you know, uh, I saw somebody. 
Somebody posted today that they're already concerned that Jessica is going to run Chris Cody off of the show because Chris had that uh, that moment where he tried to chime in and was just completely wrong about something. Tried to like show her up, one up her. I forget exactly what it was, what the details were. Um, I think it was a football player, somebody in the draft or something, right? Her team. Who is her team again? Steelers. Steelers, fans. Steelers. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So somebody, somebody's already concerned about that. But uh, yeah, I cannot imagine how intimidating it must be to to jump into a. I know it's not live radio. I know they can technically edit stuff out now, but the chemistry aspect of everything, like knowing when not, you know, to, trying to get your you're you're fitting into those windows that Dan always talks about as far as uh, uh, finding finding places to to contribute has got to be so intimidating. I agree. And the thing that's been shocking for me is, I mean, if you think about it, I think where they were six months ago, they've added Whittingham, they've added Cortez, and now they've added Jessica. They've added three additional voices. And you could say when they had it, when it was just Dan and Stu and Billy and Mike, and Chris and Roy, they already had a ton of voices, and they've added three more. And so right, I think the right. dynamic is going to be very interesting to see how, you know, like even today, Jessica had a time where she was talking a lot, and then there was like 15 or 20 minutes where she didn't say a word. Right. Just because the conversation didn't lend itself and then trying to do that over Zoom, I just think it's very interesting how, how well they've sort of done what they've done in adding new voices and still making it like playful and back and forth. And it doesn't – I mean, sometimes it's intentionally like – Forest or staccato, but most times it feels like it flows relatively well, and you know the mistakes are good mistakes versus poor mistakes. I don't know. So, Will, what do you think of Jessica and, and her addition and how she's sort of fit in so far? Oh, I, I think she's doing a great job. I think that uh, she she already sounds fairly polished, honestly. Like I don't know what her role exactly was at Sports Illustrated. If she was on air talent or if she was a writer, do, do you guys know what she did for them? I thought she was mostly a writer. I didn't think she had done much on-air stuff, but it's possible that she was using that capacity. I just never came across it. I did like her uh, her her uh, uh, admission that she was looking forward to getting a car when she got to Miami, so that she can ride around listening to musical uh, soundtracks, uh, <laughs> which uh, which which I thought was funny. And what I thought was even funnier, I tagged. Dan and Roy in a tweet earlier today because Roy said his favorite or I forget if he phrased it as his favorite musical of all time or the best musical of all time, which I completely agree with him. And I even had a tweet that I found in my uh, in my my Twitter history to (laughs) to prove that I wasn't just saying this, that I called the Blues Brothers the best musical of all time because I totally think it's the best musical of all time. You've got performances by legends in that movie. Uh, and I, I think it's between not, not just the music, but the comedy itself. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's the height of John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd and that kind of crew that, that came out of SNL. Um, yeah, it's, it's my favorite. Most definitely, what, are, yeah. what are y'all's favorite musicals of all time? So yeah, I'm gonna have to be lazy and say it's it's the Blues Brothers for me. Blues as well. Brothers too. I mean, Cab Calloway, James yep. Brown, Ray Charles. It's just performance after performance after performance, and I mean, especially 
when I was growing up a little bit, that was music I listened to. Some of it was because my parents listened to it, but also because I became a fan of it. So like that swing and that blues, it was just something that w- w- was a big part of, of me. So I always loved it. And I was a big Belushi fan as well. So it was it's like the spot for me. Hell yeah. Schweiss, what about you? So uh, Will and I have talked about this off there, but Blues Brothers was one of those movies that my dad would, you know, see it's on TV. Hey, it's on TNT. You know, yell down the stairs. Hey, uh, they're about to go see the penguin or they're about to go do the car chase or, you know, Ray Charles is coming up. Whatever, wherever it was in the movie, when he realized it was on, he's yelling down the stairs, telling me it's on, telling me to turn it on. Uh, if it's about to be the car chase, he tells me to come upstairs, sit next to him so we could watch, uh, that glorious car chase. So I, I know the movie well. It is one of my favorites. Uh, just to, to swerve a little bit, I'm going to say, one of my favorite musicals from when I was a kid, outside of some of the, the Disney animated stuff, would have been Newsies. So when I was when I was much younger, Christian Bale uh, really loved Newsies. That was the movie I always watched when I was sick. So when I was rarely home from school, but uh, it happened every once in a while. When you that's had cat we scratch fever or something. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's what was on, and uh, I still know pretty much every line of that movie. I've made my wife watch it when we started dating. Uh, I've seen the Broadway play, so it's it's always been a not not necessarily the highest quality, but from a nostalgic standpoint, that's always been one of my favorites. I uh, I remember watching that when I was real little, but I don't remember anything about it. I need to go back and watch it. Uh, so it holds up, in your opinion? It's a it's a kids movie. Uh, from Disney in the early nineties. So right, it was like right. they're so, attempted a lot. So like it, it, it holds up for what it is. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Not, not exactly a super ringing endorsement, but the nostalgia factor probably pushes it over the top. Right. Yeah. And it's fun. Like you'll, you'll recognize some of the actors in it from, you know, um, some of the, the mighty ducks or, you know, side characters in it. And uh, Max Castilla, who was in Sopranos for a little bit and some other nineties stuff. And, Christian Bale's the main character, so it's uh, it's enjoyable. Hell yeah. All right. Well, uh, for our listeners at home, your midweek mensch homework is to watch Newsies this week, and then we'll talk about it next week. Uh, I think I'm going to watch that this week because I'm not a huge musical fan. Blues Brothers is like the pinnacle for me because I was already familiar with the music, like Ant said. So musicals with like, if it's not like an animated Disney movie, like The Lion King or Aladdin or Little Mermaid, something like that, I just, they don't do it for me, honestly. I'm I'm not really interested in it, but I will give Newsies a shot, okay, Schweitz, just for you. Thank you. I will say the other one that I also found interesting when I watched it the first time was Across the Universe, which is uh, the Beatles one. Right, The Beatles musical that came out, I don't know, late. Like I want to say, like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, in that range, maybe a little bit. I vaguely remember that, yeah. But like that was also really enjoyable, and that was one of those movies too, where you know all the words to all of the songs before they start, so you don't know where the the movie's going per se, but you know all of the words they're about to say. And I always found that that was sort of a cool experience. That's similar to Mamma Mia, right? Isn't that about, or isn't that a movie using ABBA's music? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Okay. All right, so maybe I should check. Maybe it's maybe it's one of those things where I just haven't found the right musicals to watch. Um, I remember liking South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut when that came out, and I guess that's technically a musical, right? 
Yeah, that counts. Shit. Okay. Maybe I maybe I like more musicals than I realize. Maybe I just don't know. Maybe I, I'm just not interested in the classic musicals like Singing in the Rain or Grease or uh, Sound of Music. Like none of those do anything for me at all. I would uh, I'd rather take a nap, honestly. Um, <laughs> although, okay, shit. I just thought of another one. Little Shop of Horrors. That is another movie along with Blues Brothers, that my dad would always stop on. He would always, like, if if Blues Brothers or Little Shop of Horrors or Braveheart, if Braveheart was on, he would stop on that one too. Uh, all right. Any more topics this week? So, yeah, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on the whole Billy's idea of Mar Miami. Of uh, getting oh, people on a boat for a couple of days. I responded to, to the chat. And, uh, <laughs> I responded and in the that. chat about this. There's no fucking way I'm getting on a boat with you people. Absolutely <laughs> not. No way. I, a moss I'm very much looking forward to. I'm not getting on a damn cruise boat with any of you fuckers. So, uh, is that because you don't like boats? You don't like cruises? Or because of the company? <laughs> It's the company. <laughs> it's it's the inability to escape. I love boats. I own a boat. I've done, you know, uh, I went to school for marine technology. I've done training cruises. I've been, you know, on a boat for, for eight days at a time uh, and very small. We're talking like a 150-foot boat, not a uh, an actual uh, cruise of any kind. I've never been on a cruise before, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm saying that jokingly for the most part if uh if, if i got the opportunity to i would probably i'd probably say yes what about y'all uh, for me i mean i've never been on a cruise i know a lot about the cruise industry so not a really it sort of makes me uh make a face because i know they don't treat their people very well and i know all of the the issues that are along with the cruise industry i have a background in tourism um so we studied a lot of uh how cruise dynamics work. But, uh, I mean, I'd like to see everyone, but I don't think I want to be trapped at sea with everyone. That's the issue. It's the <laughs> inability to leave unless it's via helicopter or life raft. That's the, uh, that's, I just, I like to, whenever I go on vacation, I like to rent a car and be able to kind of explore wherever I'm at. The resort vibe of a cruise doesn't do anything for me because I don't ever stay at a resort whenever I go on vacation. For the most part, we tend not to. We like to do like an Airbnb, even in other countries and stuff. I like to uh, uh, Airbnb and kind of have the ability to putt around and, and drive if if I, if I want to. So that's kind of why I, I steer away from it. And what about you? So I've never been on a cruise, and for the most part, the ideas of them don't necessarily uh, excite me because I feel like it's very easy. Like you spend half your days eating, and it's a lot of excess and a lot of like I would. There are other. I'm much more like you. Well, I would like to sort of experiment and sort of go out and sort of poke around and do different things, or I would like to sit in one spot with a drink in my hand and do nothing. Like I feel like you've got to like be active on a cruise. You're doing stuff. You're meeting people. You're talking to people. Like, so. I was actually more surprised that, A, Billy brought up the idea, and he seemed somewhat interested in it, and B, that, like, I mean, I don't think Dan and Stu would ever in a million years go on a cruise ship with 100 fans. Like, I think, while they love Moss Miami, it's a one-night thing, it's a couple hours. Exactly. I take, I take 100 selfies, and I move forward. Like, I think, you know, two days with all of us crazy people would 
make him further introverted and insane about all the stuff that he's insane about. But I was intrigued to hear Billy bring it up, so I thought it was an interesting topic to talk it, about. It did make me think of the uh, the heavy metal cruise rejoin that they haven't played in forever. Oh yeah, which is which is just one of my all time favorite rejoins. Yeah, the uh, they they've. There's a lot of cruise talk on the show because they're based in Miami. Mickey Arison owns the Heat. Uh, Sarah did the, the Gronk cruise, right? That was a, a big subject topic for a long time. The heavy metal cruise. Um, yeah, I could, man, I could see them doing it one time and then never doing it again and being like, this was a terrible idea. Or even if they loved it, like you said. Dan is already a little awkward around fans, and these are his words, right? This is this is how he says he is. So, I think I I could see them trying it, realizing it was a huge mistake uh, because their fan base are absolute <laughs> rabid lunatics, uh, and and being like this is this was awful. We should not have done this. We, we all get to the we all get to the cruise and Dan and Sue are nowhere to be seen. It's just like Cortez. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Lorenzo yeah. is there. Lorenzo well, has Lorenzo somehow somehow figured out how to get there. Well, you and know everybody Sue would come, but you I'm think sure. Dan probably would feel bad would probably come. To be fair, if they did it, I probably would beg, borrow, and steal to get there because it would probably be a one time thing. But yeah, okay, yeah. Steve yeah. Arduini. Yeah. <laughs> spend Ant is admitting that he would spend way too much money on this. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think I would too. Just like you said, it's a one-time thing. <laughs> All right, fellas, we're going to end it on that note. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Schweitz, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Schweitz underscore A-Y. Excellent. And where can we find you? You can find me at Cyano, S-T-A-I-A-N-O. Excellent. And you can find me at Waffle House, W-A-P-P-L-E-H-O-U-S-E, Waffle House, Waffle, Waffle House. House. Thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, you can follow the show at Lauer After Hours on Twitter and Instagram, and we will see you next week. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.